So uh, how exactly locked down is the state of Virginia? Uh, oh, are we starting yet? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, oh, this is all it. Right, great. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, so the governor put out a stay-at-home order. It's like you're only supposed to go out for essential reasons, whether that's, I guess, if you're still able to work or go to the grocery store, right. go to um, – like banks or I don't know what else food, but um, I don't know. I see a lot of people out still and I'm not even sure what's essential. Like the dry cleaners open. I went there, you know, I went to pick up jewel pods at like the Seven Eleven. That's well, I guess cause they've got gas, but yeah, man, our lockdown is till June 10th and it's like up to one year prison sentence for violating it, which is insane. <laughs> Virginia make- and Maryland's a year. DC is like 90 days. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You're trying to keep people away from others, and then you want to go and lock them into a you know, <laughs> confined space with others. Yeah. So it's don't. ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can't believe how this country is like overreacting to this whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. I do think it's a real virus and all, but this is just insane. You can't just like stop a whole country, like the economy and everything. It's going to do so much more damage than like this virus ever would. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a real thing. My, uh, my younger brother was just in the hospital for about four days and, uh, oh, wow. he tested positive for it. So yeah, it's, it's totally a real thing. Um, so, but you know, the, you got a recovery rate of like, what was it? Like 98 and a half percent. You know, if you're, yeah. you're going to catch it, you're going to get better. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to see fatality rates worse in some places. Like if you've got an older population, if you have, yeah socialist healthcare you've got you know a lot of smoking that kind of thing i feel like in the u.s it's going to be like 0.5 percent or something yeah but which is still a whole lot of people but depending upon how much it spreads yeah i'm about i'm about an hour away from new orleans and that's a hot spot just because there's people on top of people in a very small area i saw the mayor of new orleans was just saying that like trump should have banned gatherings of people back in like months ago right and it's like well wait a second you're the mayor of new orleans did you cancel mardi gras no nope. like what is aren't you the person that would do that <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no, I don't know. mardi gras still happened uh tourist dollars uh were a little bit louder than public safety concerns i guess yeah <laughs> i've never been to it i'm dying to go someday i got all of that stuff out of my system in my teens <laughs> <laughs> now now it's like okay well you know just you know keep your hand over the top of your drink uh <laughs> yeah maybe stay away from the 700 block of bourbon street but uh i did go to new year's in key west once that was a pretty fun time yeah key west is always just going to be a fun time i mean that's a that's a happening little part of the of the country there yeah it's a what was that the uh the conch republic where where they had like some kind of little uh ship battle with the uh with the coast guard back in the 80s Prop- Probably. I know they have like the conch shell drops on New Year's. That's uh, their ball, I guess. Yeah. That's like with this little uh, little area of the of the Keys that have declared themselves their own country, a little micronation. It was like back in yeah, the I, 80s, they had like some kind of like shooting war with the uh, with the Coast Guard. And when I say shooting, it was like fire hoses, you know. <laughs> so do you think there's going to be like any uh, National Guard type action with this and like civil unrest? Mm. I think if it goes on too much longer, 
you're gonna you're gonna start seeing people uh just say fuck it and they're just gonna go out because <laughs> around yeah. here like I, I went to the grocery store last night and there was a ton of people in there <laughs> i was like i thought we were all supposed to be uh you know quarantined in our house now granted most of them had like surgical masks and uh and rubber gloves on and everything, but it was still kind of bizarre. I was like, I, th- I thought we were under quarantine. Why was there traffic on the <laughs> way here? Yeah, there's no traffic here at all, which is I, I really dig in pandemic traffic because that's <laughs> one of the worst parts about Northern Virginia. Yeah, because you guys got all the Washington D.C. Uh, traffic, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's uh yeah it's been pretty crazy. I mean it's been a little bit lighter on the traffic side, but I mean there's still people going out doing things down here. So I don't know. I've never seen more people outside walking around my neighborhood in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's Which, the, yeah that's the other thing. It's just people out walking their dogs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh great. I, I guess for us the rule is like you can go outside, but you can't be in groups of ten or more, and yeah. you're supposed to be like six feet away from another person. Yeah, it's not totally unenforceable. <laughs> yeah, like not, if I if I like walk the dogs with everywhere. my if I walk the dogs with my wife and we're closer than six feet, we get arrested. I don't know. Well, I just saw that the uh, Hawaii cops this morning arrested somebody paddleboarding, you know, out in the ocean by himself, yeah. like at, at least a good uh, hundred or so yards away from the next nearest person. Not allowed to use the Pacific Ocean anymore. No, it's uh, strictly for. <laughs> <laughs> But what is it? It's probably like more than half of the world is on lock, some kind of lockdown right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's a, crazy. At least something in place to keep people indoors, I guess. But yeah, that's uh, so nuts. So nuts. But <laughs> yeah, I think once the uh, once the, uh, the 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 stir crazy and the cabin fever starts to set in, people are just going to go out. And I don't think there'll be anything to do, anything the cops can do to stop that. I'm curious what businesses are still going to be open when it's over. Yeah. Um, definitely every bar is is either going to change hands or they're just shut down. That's true. A lot of these places probably just change hands. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I feel, feel like if I was a landlord or something and a business was bringing in money and the only reason they weren't was because the government wouldn't let them operate. I wouldn't try to like screw them or kick them out and go through the hassle of trying to find like someone else to come in there. I would definitely be like, all right, let's just start from now. I know you're a decent <laughs> business. Forget it. But I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Not according to the libertarian socialists. I mean, <laughs> all the landlords are going to be looking to screw people. <laughs> I, th- I mean, there will be some, but yeah. if, if they have any intelligence, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But this whole thing, I mean, you're going to have to look at it. It's like, okay, this is, definitely not something that can be controlled in any kind of way. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you know anything about this. I didn't really look into it. I just saw like, like I had, or somebody like tweeted about this during this thing. Did Trump like rearrange how the federal reserve works? Like, is it under the treasury now? Is he like the fed chair or something? Like, I don't don't know if I stumbled into like Q Twitter and this is just nonsense or (laughs) Yeah, if there has been some shake of it, if you know about it, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I had saw something that he did with the uh, with the Federal Reserve, but I didn't really get too much into it. Uh, but you know, I got the glowing rectangle of human knowledge right here. I guess I can look at it. I think it might allow them to like directly like buy stocks and things that they normally yeah aren't allowed to do. But that'd be crazy if 
he just gets to set the policy now if it's like under the executive branch. <laughs> Part of me is like, all right, great. Let's just destroy the dollar and get on with it. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because most of these headlines that I'm seeing, it's uh, how Trump's attacks on the Fed have made it, made its job harder. Yeah. <laughs> Trump and the Fed are destroying the dollar. That's from Forbes. Uh, he really was preemptively like, if the economy collapses, I'm blaming the Fed. <laughs> but now they're doing everything he wants, but he, now he's got coronavirus to blame the, the collapse on. Yeah, he's definitely going to be the one holding the bag after this is all done. But yeah, I'm not yeah, seeing anything you, where he reorganized it. That, that could be buried in like days old news. Who knows? If we have an election, like his chances completely depend how this thing all turns out. Yeah, it's it's really starting to look more and more like uh, Hoover. You know, he's just he's just going to get the blame for all the economy, all the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It won't be him. It'll be it's capitalism's fault. I'm yeah. sure is what. Oh yeah. The story will be. Yeah, and uh, trying to explain to a socialist that there is a big difference between a free market and cronyism. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then they just says about well, you're the ones always telling us it's not real socialism. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, true, but in this case, they are two completely different things. <laughs> it's funny though with the like defense production act now. It's like, well, this kind of is real fascism now. <laughs> Business in government, you know. Yep. Yeah. Working hand in hand. Or as uh, Mussolini called it, it should be called corporatism. But uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, it gets uh, it gets real dicey out there, especially when you're trying to educate people on economic facts. Because then, because then they look at you as like, well, you're just trying to mansplain, or you're being racist. I was like, how is that? <laughs> how am I being racist or misogynist in this whole thing? Just trying to tell you. So funny. I only get that on the internet. People in real life <laughs> tend to react better. Yes, the internet is the is the great distortion of reality. It's a a small segment of the population who probably would tell you that you're mansplaining to them, like in person in real life. The rest of people are like, "Huh, they didn't really think about that before," you know, <laughs> or might have yeah. their own arguments lined up to counter that. It's kind of really disgusting how Twitter and everything just kind of operates. Get everyone at their throats. So, yeah. So since this whole coronavirus thing has been taking up the entire news cycle and probably will continue to, it's interesting some of the other stuff that's going on that like no one's really talking about. Like the other night when they were having a coronavirus um, news press briefing or whatever, it's like, wait, why are there all these military dudes with him? <laughs> and then they're talking about like sounds like some kind of like war in the cartels, but really what I think it is, is they're, they're going to try to oust Maduro again. Yeah. I did see a little thing that's like, while you weren't paying attention, U S warships, uh, went down to Venezuela. Yeah. So there's that. And then it really looks like we're going to attack the, uh, supposedly Iranian backed militias in Iraq pretty soon. Yeah. Trump's like tweeting that the Iranians are plotting an attack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're always plotting an attack. Right. Always. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, hey, I thought we were all supposed to be in quarantine. Can't we do that with the military too? Yeah. And, I guess and, they're and, immune. It, it just so happens that the Iranians are also getting hit pretty hard by this thing. Um, maybe they don't. Yeah, maybe they don't want th to. You know, those are two countries. I don't believe the numbers coming out of China or Iran at all. The <clears throat> just for like 
I don't know, from things I have read and heard, it's I think it's been really bad in those two places, like way more than either of them's letting on. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. I'm just kind of looking at the headlines for the uh, the Navy ships down in Venezuela. They keep calling them anti-drug ships. I, I didn't really know that Venezuela was the hotbed of all of the illegal narcotics in the world. Yeah, and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a mid-level transit point. It's yeah. not any... Yeah, this is all about they want Maduro out and put their CIA socialist Guaido in. Pretty much. Um, did you see his face during the State of the Union, Guaido? I don't remember. Oh my god! I'm sure. I'm sure I did, but yeah. So when they they call his name, he acts all robotic and everything. He doesn't like act and look like a human sometimes. Oh, it's, right. it's really bizarre. It's like oh, maybe they, he's I been MK Ultra or something. Oh, Manchurian candidate down there. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty freaky deaky stuff. But, um, Dude, the state of, that seems so long ago. It wasn't, though. No. It was only just, a, what, three months now? Yeah. <laughs> Man, everything, there's just so much crazy stuff every day. Like, was that yesterday when the guy tried to drive a train into the naval, naval ship that they're using as a hospital? Yes. Yeah, he tried uh, going off the tracks to hit a ship. And he was, I, well, the press is saying he was talking about some conspiracy that people need to know what's really going on in those ships. Like, yeah. I don't I feel like they're, they're just trying to like slander conspiracy theorists, people that don't buy the full narrative. Yeah. Anybody who questions anything and it doesn't really have to be government. It, it, you're just instantly labeled conspiracy theorist. And then they'll, yeah. they'll tack on racist, bigot, homophobe on top of it, you know, just to like put an icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they uh, definitely want to shut down dissent during this whole thing. And so like Facebook, they have this, uh, picture frame for your uh, profile picture now that says, you know, 10 million unemployed, it's not worth it. And so I'm kind of waiting for my uh, account to get zucked. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say like Facebook's putting like a frame on your picture, like this person spreads fake news. Like <laughs> <laughs> Been labeled a Shh, fake news spreader. Sh- don't give Zuckerberg any ideas. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't like Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, it is a lot worse than what it used to be. Like when it first came out, and you had to have the uh, college email address, it was mm-hmm. uh, a little more, a little it was a little closer to MySpace back then. And then, uh, it's just since then, it's it's gone downhill quick. So everybody like just left MySpace. They are, people just transitioned. Like I, I can't see that happening with Facebook. No, I don't know. No, it's a little bit too interwoven into our daily lives now. Because, like, um, it's also on Instagram. Facebook owns that, too. Uh, what's the other one? WhatsApp? Probably. Yeah. Uh, well, for some reason, I thought that was Chinese. You're probably right, though. No, the Chinese one is TikTok, which has got everybody going yeah. now. Because, you know, you have to see your uh, your favorite cosplay girls uh, sing and dance <laughs> to anime music. Yeah, I actually, I had it for a little bit, but I was wasting so much time, I had deleted it from my phone. <laughs> that was probably the right course of action. <laughs> I probably waste almost as much time on Twitter anyways, but I couldn't have both of them. Yeah, my big thing now is uh, trying to turn off notifications on Twitter. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the thing that does it for me. It's, it's like, okay, well, I'll leave the notifications on, but I'll turn my phone to the screen down so I can't see it. <laughs> Because if I see a notification come up, I'm like, 
Pavlov's dog, you know, I have to pick it up and look at it, see who's wrong it, right at this moment. It's usually where I see news first, though. Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to be a great resource for catching headlines or seeing what the seeing what the dum-dums are up to out there. Yeah, seeing what nonsense Joe Biden's doing or saying. Man, he's losing it bad. Oh. Like, I, I, I don't see him being the candidate in the end. It, uh, you, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't think they'll try to, like, squeeze Cuomo in there or something? Oh, uh, at this point, it, it may <laughs> just just be Biden as the Democrat. And then, who knows, little uh, Bloomberg will run as an independent or something and pull a Ross Perot on us. One of Biden's staff had coronavirus. Yeah, it's, uh, one of Biden's staff had it. Uh, I want to say one of somebody on the vice presidential staff for Pence had it too. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Say, I know Trump's been like tested a, a second time. I guess you know you probably should be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> being, testing your leaders. Be, being in your seventies and drinking nothing but Diet Coke and eating <laughs> crap all day long. Yeah. I'm drinking a Diet Coke right now. I just finished eating a cheesesteak a little while ago. <laughs> oh, it's you. You're the one. But yeah, it's uh, the, the the whole thing with Joe Biden is at what point do we have to report his handlers for elder abuse? Yeah, I mean, I, I forget how terrible he is, though, because dementia Joe Biden seems like nicer and <laughs> like less of a jerk. But it's it's just bad it, but it's strange to me too though that there's been no media at all about this lady accusing him of sexual assault like that's yeah that story I, I, came I, I out doubt it's even and then quickly just got covered up with other stuff because you know coronavirus it's it's in your yeah. kitchen cabinets <laughs> i don't think coronavirus is an intentional thing but they sure are making the most of it oh yeah as, yeah as governments are wont to do yeah yeah, Rahm Emanuel, the whole uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, so. that's because I know I know a lot of people because of the event 201 thing that I don't know if everyone's aware was this um, pandemic exercise done by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the uh, uh, John Hopkins and the World Economic Forum. Yeah, where like. In October, they had a pandemic exercise of a novel coronavirus that came from like Chinese bats and ended up killing like 65 million people. Besides the death toll, the way the thing like unfolded is exactly what's happening now, which has led a lot of people to believe this is orchestrated. Yeah, that definitely doesn't help the case, does it? No. I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but I, I kind of really just think that this was something that accidentally got out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And they're and so now they're doing the don't let a good crisis go to waste thing. It's and like, it, I was like, well, the economy's going into the shitter. What can we blame? Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is gonna like collapse it though. Like back in 2008, I thought it, it was doomed like soon, but I am so impressed how far they can kick the can down the road over and over and over again. I don't think this is it yet. I think eventually it will all fall apart, but I, I don't know. I, I underestimated them before. <laughs> I think they might be able to get it go a little longer. Yeah. I, at this point, I kind of think it's just like a small prick in the bubble. So like a little bit of air got deflated 
but then the uh, presidential working group on investments came in, or otherwise known as the plunge protection team, came in and they yeah. started throwing a whole bunch of cash in there, trying to keep the uh, the bubble going. But uh, yeah, it 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 does get irritating though when it doesn't come completely to a stop, like we've all been kind of anticipating it's going to happen. And so then they come back and was like, well, look, you know, it's going back up today. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a bunch of fake ones yeah. and zeros in a computer. Okay. It's like, remember before he was elected and President Trump was saying, um, you know, it's a big fake bubble. But yeah. then he became the president. He's like, look, at it, it's so great because of me. All right. Well, let's just uh, put a pin in that. And we'll come right back. Harry Chessman here, celebrated television actor since 1962. I'm hanging out here today in the Anarchist Garage, trying to get my 65 Chevrolet Impella reconditioned. Wait, what, what's that? It's not a real garage. Yeah. It, it, it's not a real garage? Nope, not a real garage. Well, that's bullshit. Well, thank Anyways, check out Anarchist Garage, wherever you can find your podcasts. With co-host Eric LaPrice and Unreal Anna Adams. Harry Trussman, out! Hey y'all, before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot porcupinepodcast.com. All right, now that we've paid some of the bills around here, now back to the interview. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather have 2013 Donald Trump as president than the, uh, than the current guy. <laughs> oh yeah. I at least wish we could use this crisis as an excuse to like bring troops home or something, but it just seems like Pompeo is going around trying to start stuff up all over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to stop all the flow of drugs coming from Venezuela. Even my Democrat mom was like, that's ridiculous. We don't need to be focused on that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's saying a lot, mm-hmm. but I kind of wonder if, if, uh, who was, uh, oh, Hillary Clinton, if she had, uh, been president and ordered, U.S. Navy ships oh, down to God. Venezuela for a anti-drug mission. Well, I guess in her case, it would be I, you know R two P. We gotta we we have a responsibility to protect the people of Venezuela. I think that first time we had that attempted coup down there was was that last year. Yeah, I think if it was last year, I think if she was the president, then there would have been boots on the ground already. So yeah, we wouldn't have. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. But it seems like they're trying to do to Maduro like what they did to Noriega and just invade and take him because, like, we need to try him in court for drug crimes in the U.S. Yeah. Which is absurd. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, if anybody needs to be tried for drug crimes, you know, you got a whole bunch of U.S. generals that, you know, prop up the opium trade over there in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. Because it's uh, $500 billion a year in smack. Do you think that's why we're staying? Uh, it's probably a little bit of everything. <laughs> uh, I think the uh, the opium is definitely a part of it. Uh, the lithium and the cobalt mines are another part of it, because um, that was one of the main reasons why Russia invaded, other than Zbigniew Brzezinski uh, goading them into a war. Yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff there that's just untapped resources that they can get to. Because unfortunately, you know, Afghanistan is nothing but peasant farmers, and... Uh, I'm still a little cautiously optimistic about the negotiations going on with the Taliban right now, though. I am, too. I, I am glad to see that they are at least taking place. Um, but I think we got too many people going around trying to muck things up because the, the last time that they sat down at the negotiating table, 
what was it, uh, five uh, U.S. Army Rangers got shot down. Yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> yeah. There's always going to be something that's going to happen. It's like, oh, no, look at this. Where are you going to stay for another it's, 20 years? I mean, it's so open for any of these things. Like, even in Iraq right now, if you're like, Iran, we know you're planning something. If I'm ISIS, I know, oh, this will get the U.S. and Iran to go to war if we, like, launch an attack on some of these troops and, make, and say Iran did it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, because uh, Americans still haven't learned that there is a difference between Sunni and Shiite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's not that hard. If I could learn it, anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Scott Horton, who was a cab driver and a skateboarder. I mean, he, he figured it out. <laughs> come on, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait for his new book to come out. Yeah, I've got uh, Fool's Errand, and I've uh, got that uh, Norman Grigg book as well. I need to hurry up and read those. Oh, I need to get that one. Yeah, yeah, this uh, is a great book. Because uh, the Norman Grigg book was like mostly his old articles that they just kind of threw together in a, in a book form. Yeah. And I was just reading through it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember reading this one back in the day. It's too bad his debate with Bill Crystal's been postponed due to coronavirus. Oh, so Bill Crystal's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what they're saying. Hey, I'm not ruling out any possibility. <laughs> not at this point. Not that old neocon himself. Ooh. But yeah, I'm glad that uh, people didn't uh, torpedo that too bad because uh, I know that's kind of what what was it the uh, Ben Shapiro and uh, Scott yep. Horton was going to have a debate and then everyone just got onto Twitter mm -hmm. from both sides. It was like, okay, well, if it's going to be like this, no. But uh, yeah, that one's been kind of flying under the radar. Even when you talk to the uh, to the neocon Republicans in your life, it was like, oh yeah, by, by the way, Bill Crystal's about to about to go on a debate with this guy. They probably, they probably don't know who Scott Horton is, though. Nah, no, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, who's this? I was like, well, you know, he's, he does antiwar.com. I mean, you can figure out where, where he's going to come from. Yeah. Yeah, then they all want to level the charge. Oh, you're a commie. Uh, you hate the military. It's like, um, no and uh, no. <laughs> I actually love the military so much, I don't want to see them in harm's way. Yeah. I don't like is it how hard is it's like if you want to support the troops don't have them get killed how yeah. about that <laughs> like <laughs> yeah uh, if you don't like disabled veterans don't make so many of them it's really kind of easy yep it's interesting I think I heard um, folks were getting called up for the I IRR the inactive ready reserve um, due to like some of the COVID-19 stuff that is probably a possibility. Um, I don't have any uh, national National Guard friends, but I'm pretty sure they're they're getting that kind of stuff. Because uh, you know, down here for Katrina, everybody started getting letters in the mail. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, by the way, you were in the army like three years ago. We're gonna kind of need you. Yep. To come back from uh, to the reserves, and I was like, uh, no. Around the time I got out of the army, like everybody was getting called back up. <clears throat> And so I got this deal where, so you, you have four years of inactive ready reserve where they can call you up. Yeah. I signed a new contract where I would do two years of active um, reserves and they'll eliminate the other two years of IRR. Yeah. And the two years I did, I wasn't deployable. So it's like, 
okay. So I just go once a month. I can't be deployed and then I'm done. We can never talk to me again. That's pretty sweet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. I think they thought they were going to convince me during those two years to just like reenlist, but that's, they were mistaken. It's like, no, I, I am seeing this as two <laughs> less years I have to spend around you people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in the Army as well in 1998. Um, got in, I was going to go for 11 Bravo with Airborne in my contract. And then I got a, a wonderful hernia. And uh, that, that pretty much sank any of those uh, aspirations, which was kind of glad at the same time. Because uh, we were doing a, uh, a training exercise where one of the drill sergeants says, Okay, we're going to learn how to take prisoners today, but we're going to throw a monkey wrench. I want all of you to say, I'm an American and I have rights. And then, you know, my hand goes up, uh, drill sergeant, when are we ever going to be arresting Americans? It's like, Hey, you remember those, uh, riots in 92 in Los Angeles? <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's like one day they'll beg for us. I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe that day is probably, that day is probably right around now. 2020. <laughs> yeah. It's the, if it's, if it's not here, it's, it's around the corner. <laughs> People are just begging for this. I like, I've seen polls today, like. People are okay with ex- the extreme measures. Yeah. And they, they don't expect it to end. They, a lot of, most people think it's going to be like six months at least. And they're like, they think it's fine. Yeah. Right. And uh, they're not even flinching when somebody said 18 months. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can totally understand that. It was like, wait, you, 18 months, it's a year and a half. You, you're aware of this, right? Yeah. <sighs> I just really hope that a lot of the good stuff we're seeing, like the, deregulation especially like stuff regarding like the fda and the cdc and you know laws about like to go booze and things like please let them just be gone for good don't bring that stuff back yeah hopefully we'll get to the point where it's like oh well i guess we didn't really need this so why bring it back you know yeah i mean there's a lot of good teaching moments here for libertarians like the government has bungled like every aspect of this as as they would and yes it's predictable and it just shows that most of these rules and regulations are just absurd and they kill people. Yeah. We'd be way better off without them. Yeah. It's uh, also the, uh, the homeschooling aspect of it. So everyone sees that, Oh, well we don't really have to send them to a, uh, a building anymore because we can just do this at home. <laughs> it was like, Oh, it's, it's yeah. just not all Christian stuff out there when I'm finding stuff for them to look at. Because that was the other uh, charge that they level at homeschoolers. Oh, they're crazy Christians, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't homeschooled. And I've, like, defended it to my mom. She's like, oh, those kids are always weird. They don't get to, like, interact with other people. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're not, a, like, in school, you're, like, told to, like, sit there and be quiet and not move. Yeah. And there's plenty of opportunities after the school day for kids to get together and interact and socialize. It's Yeah. that's It's amazing. Kids are going to play with other kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. And instead of forcing to be with another kid who doesn't live in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I'm sorry. I actually, I, I liked it. <laughs> well, maybe not. I, I don't think I liked it in grade school, but I did like my high school. High school that kind of relax on you. Don't have the sisters walking around with rulers. Yeah. So that like grade school, it was nuns. There were a lot of them were pretty mean. Yeah. And yeah, of course they are. In high, in high school though, they were, they're like Jesuit priests. There was maybe like one nun that worked there. Not many. That was much better. <laughs> so the moral of the story, Jesuit priests, cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I I can't believe you could even do this. But back when I was, I don't know, 
I guess I must've been a freshman or sophomore. I brought like a wrapped bottle of Bailey's in for my Latin teacher, Father McGrath, like as a Christmas gift. <laughs> and my grade went way up. Oh, okay. All right. It's like, yep, bring, bring some booze in for the teachers and you'll be all right. Yeah, especially Bailey's Irish Cream. That goes good in anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy stuff going on out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do you got going on over there at the uh, with the uh, Lions of Liberty? Is any more uh, conspiracy corners going to make its way to the free side? Um, probably because I, I know, so the coronavirus one was because there's so much interest in it. Mark's like, Oh, it's just released this to everybody. Yeah. And I'm sure like, this isn't stopping anytime soon. So I'm sure there's going to be like a part three, part four coronavirus episode coming up. Um, I don't know. The other day I was kicking around the idea. I'm like, should we do one? I'm like, is this actually the apocalypse happening? Just, I think this is like <laughs> right after one of the, the the earthquake near Yellowstone the other day. No, yeah, like you look in the yeah. news and there's like these plagues of locusts, like in Africa and in India and everywhere, and like all this stuff. It's like this is pretty crazy. If after like coronavirus and we start having famines, which I heard warnings about today, they're like, oh, this could really affect food security. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it could, especially if they start shutting down truck drivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you shut down the world economy, it might cause food shortages. <laughs> there is that risk. It definitely will. <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, that, that's probably all pockets. So like major cities would definitely be the first hit. Um, and maybe some of the uh, suburban areas right outside those cities. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, that's pretty crazy stuff. Though. But uh, I would not want to be in New York City right now. Yeah, just even when things are kind of running smoothly, you, you don't want yeah. to be in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a city person. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, Michael Malice posted something on uh, Twitter the other day where he was showing like a normally busy intersection. There's hardly anybody walking around. And I had to chime in. I was like, yeah, the last time I was there was like 1996 and you couldn't even see the other side of the street. That's how many people were out there. Yeah, I think the last time I was there was probably 97. I think it was, I think I went to see the place 1776, like right around when I graduated from high school and I haven't been back since. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go out with my uh, dad who was an over the road truck driver and uh, one of the deliveries took us like right down into uh, Brooklyn. So it was like, uh, we got to go walking around and everything. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. It was like, uh, how do 8 million people live like this? (laughs) I don't understand now even when i was stationed in korea seoul was just too busy too many people that's what my brother said my brother was uh stationed in uh seoul as well for uh crypto i was down to camp humphreys like further south but when i'd go up there i was like i'm so glad i'm at camp humphreys and not stationed at yongsan (laughs) yeah my uh younger brother who just got over coronavirus who legitimately had it he was uh yeah he was cryptography so he he was like right there (laughs) <laughs> okay cool yeah he was uh yeah. he was pretty amazed at how quickly people just walk and uh you know they all seem to be synchronized so he was a little impressed that nobody was like <laughs> shoving and pushing and everything he's like because he had been to new york city too and it was like yeah you go down there if you're not walking fast enough for the guy behind you you're gonna get knocked over <laughs> they will like bump into you though um even like when you first get there the army 
there's they have you watch this like ridiculous video about stuff and one of the things is like this is a small country with a lot of people it's normal to bump into people they're not trying to start anything and then they'll play like a scenario where they have like some American who's supposed to be like like a redneck, like trying to get in a fight, like, hey, you trying to start shoot with me? <laughs> and then then they have like that guy getting it, like, those guys are hold or those girls or guys are holding hands. Are they lesbians? And they're like, no, in Korea, it's common to like same sex too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny. That's the, I find that the uh, the workplace, uh, this is what not to do videos are probably way more egregious <laughs> than what's actually going to happen in real life. Yeah. One of my favorite ones was, it was like, oh, why do you people like to microwave fish in the microwave? I was like, nobody is microwaving fish in the microwave. Come on now. People will get really upset about that. <laughs> my whole thing is uh, break rooms with popcorn <laughs> machines. I cannot stand the smell of popcorn. And uh, anytime I've been at a place where there's a popcorn machine in the break room, I was like, oh, oh, this is going to suck. I just, do they just smell like butter or well, no? Is it different? Well, no, with the, uh, some of the popcorn machines, people will just like burn the popcorn. Oh, and then you got okay. that, that burning smell all day long. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Especially if you're downwind from the break room and then you're like, Oh <laughs> God, no, no popcorn. So you, so you mentioned you're, you're working from home now. Yeah. I'm uh, deemed an essential employee. So, uh, you know, doing uh, design work from the house, which has got its, uh, pros and its cons uh one of the pros is you know i'm not in an office and don't feel like i have somebody staring over my shoulder all day long uh but the downside to it is like all of the files that i need i have to sign in through a vpn to go get them and that's hit or miss so yeah i feel like working at home to you like there's more of an onus to prove like everything you did it's like no look i really did all this stuff <laughs> whereas if you're there for eight hours like hey i was here for eight hours yeah you saw me. We're, I was walking. We're do, yeah, I was here. I was working. Yeah. But they, they're, we're doing like, they don't, they're trying to limit the amount of people in the building at once. So one week you work at home, the next week you go in the office. Oh, okay. I got you. So that's how it is so far. I know, I think there's at least two coronavirus cases in my building. So I'm just waiting for them saying no one could come in any day. Yeah, with us, there was one employee that had it, and then there was another employee whose girlfriend had it. So it was, uh, well, after that happened, you know, then they started handing out laptops and computer monitors and, uh, and everything. It was like, okay, we're going to just take this stuff home, and here you go. I'd like, I'd like to get one of those antibody tests. I, I think I might have had it. I, I didn't have a fever, though, so pro maybe not. They say most people have like a fever, but I had a really bad cough for 15 days. And there were there were two days when I felt really sick and didn't go to work. And then it was like the weekend. So I had like four days to kind of recuperate. And then I was, you know, with Dayquil, that would suppress the cough and I'd be like, all right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I hopefully I had it. And I'm done with it. I'm immune now. But <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the thing. Even like the timeline is all screwed up because uh, they were saying like late December, January, people were complaining about upper respiratory problems. And I know right around that time, I had a uh, pretty nasty cold and cough that kept me down for a couple of days. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it started in China in November, how, all you need is like one person from Wuhan to come here and yeah, start spreading here. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and unfortunately, people fly from China to Vancouver and 
Seattle all the time, and they just dispersed to the four winds after that. So, and apparently New York City. <laughs> yeah, New York City. Um, did you ever watch that documentary on Netflix about searching for the creator of General So's Chicken? No. All right. Is well, it good? Yes, it is actually pretty good because um, it's like these two Jewish guys who are looking for the creator of General So's Chicken. They wanted to find out where their favorite Chinese uh, takeout came from. And uh, according to the uh, documentary, there's a lot of people who just fly into China and there's a place in New York City where they get assigned a Chinese restaurant somewhere in the United States to go to. And they're handed a bus ticket to go to either be like a waiter or a waitress or a cook or something. It was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. I was like, wait, that is that are really they like, how it's Are done? they like spies too? I just, dude, I don't know. But I just thought it was funny. They, they get off the plane or they get off the boat or whatever they're doing. They go to this place, they check in, and then they're like handed a work assignment. <sighs> Communists. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking, it was like, so, well, I mean, that's basically a mutual aid society. This, this is how you know, people out of work would be handled, I guess, in a private manner. Oh, oh, so this isn't like a government run thing? No, it's just like uh, whoever this uh. consortium of people who own Chinese restaurants, they all just like put their availability to this one place and then they, they just get workers from all over. Hmm. So did they find out who invented it? Yeah, it was a guy that lives in Taiwan now. He had actually invented the dish and displayed it on live TV in the 1960s, but then went back to Taiwan. Uh, and so they showed him like an American version of it. And he was like, what is this? <laughs> He's he like, broccoli. I wouldn't use broccoli on this. And so then, where was he when he made it? Um, well, he you know does the typical thing of frying up the little chicken pieces. And uh, he used like a little bit of honey, like over here in the United States, like the Chinese was like, well, apparently all Americans have a sweet tooth. So this one lady was like, I'll just coat mine in honey. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, God, God damn. Did, I mean, did he invent it in China though? Yeah. It's uh, it supposedly came from like the Sichuan provinces where he was born, but after okay. he, he got out and went to Taiwan, it was like a whole thing. That's, I, I saw this documentary like a couple of years Cause ago. Cause I was, was curious. Cause I know like chicken tikka masala, the Indian dish was invented like in an Indian restaurant in New York city or something. Uh, yeah. Like, Indian uh, restaurant in England. Oh, in England. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, if you go to Northern India and order that, I mean, that's, you might get something approximate, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really funny how like food develops. Like all Italian food is all New York city, Italian food. Like if you go to Italy, uh, everything is like way different. Yeah. I probably won't be doing that soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, you won't. Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny because even growing up with a bunch of Sicilians like I did, like pasta was like a little side dish. It wasn't like the main focus. So nobody got like a punch bowl full of spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Could you imagine though if like say they had a really cheap antibody test you could just like get at home and people could find out that, oh, I'm immune. And then if you're one of those people, you can just get like dirt cheap plane tickets and go on all these vacations and all this stuff. And you don't have to worry about anything <laughs> like your work's probably closed. So whatever. Yeah. Maybe the Trump bucks keep rolling in. Maybe they don't. <laughs> it's like Trump went out of his way to outdo like all of everybody on the Democratic field. He was like, oh, you want the socialism better than Bernie? No problem. You want the, yeah. you want the UBI better than Yang? No problem. 
whatever is going to keep me reelected. He is running far left of well, Biden, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a scary thought when Biden is considered the, the more right candidate, you know. <laughs> I'm tough on yeah. crime. Yeah, yeah, we know. You gave us the three strikes rule back in the 90s. Yep. Uh, all I know is whatever happens, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the Chinese curse, another way. You know, we're going to live in interesting mm-hmm. times. So it's going to be fun to see. Or, uh, yeah. I don't know. I like to use that word fun when I don't really mean fun. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, coming on such short notice. Uh, sure, anytime. It has been a blast. Uh, why don't you go ahead and drop any plugs that you have? Sure. Uh, anybody can check me out. Um, I'm not one of the regular hosts, but often on the Lions Liberty podcast, just, uh, you know, any podcatcher, go ahead and search for it or lionsliberty.com. Yep, there we go. And I, I know at least most of my audience probably already listens, but yeah, definitely go check them out there putting out content all week long. So, I mean, you don't have to wait a week like I do. So, <laughs> all right, Howie, take it easy, man. Right, uh, stay thanks. safe out there. You too. All right. Bye. All right. And there he goes, folks. Howie Snowden, the OG line of Liberty. Well, you guys can check out those links down in the show notes of this episode. Uh, and please look at the show notes because also in the show notes, I have every way that you can help support the, the show. I got the Patreon, the subscribe star, the float, the cash app, the PayPal. It's all down there. You want to buy a t-shirt or a coffee mug or whatever? Yeah. My Teespring store is down there as well. Uh, anyways, guys, thanks for checking in with a new episode of Rebel with the Calls. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Out. <laughs>